Hi, you're listening to Perpetual Learning, a podcast where we unpack ideas from great reads and listens. I'm Manjula Salvaraja. Hey, Manjula, and I'm Sudan Siva. This week, we'll be talking about this massive shift in small business ownership happening around us, and and one that we've probably barely noticed. It's from an eye-opening read in the Globe on private equity, buying out healthcare practices from vet clinics to dental offices. I'll add here that part of my family is in healthcare, and talk of such offers um, have been around for actually a few years now. So this is super interesting to me. Let's kick this off. Um, So then, this article is by business journalist Chris Haney. It's interesting that you read it, and I also noticed it this weekend. It was in the Globe and Mail. Yeah. Uh, it's it's titled "Inside the Corporate Dash to Buy Up Dentist Office, Veterinary Clinics, and Pharmacies." What exactly is happening, so then? You know, quite similar to the 1990s with doctors' offices, I think. We're seeing a number of companies looking to roll up or in essence make a series of acquisitions in, you know, let's just call it the specialty medical space, right? And so in the private equity world, it's often called a roll up. And it's an interesting model. It's not, you know, super complex where basically you're trying to draw efficiencies or synergies from a back-end perspective, maybe from a revenue perspective as well, but often trying to kind of cut costs on the back-end with common functions mm. as you add more clinics, in this case, um, kind of in a broader sense, more businesses to a broader portfolio, right? So you're essentially building out a chain of clinics, a chain of, you know, restaurants, whatever the case might be, um, to, you know, build more efficiencies and generate more profits. What's the landscape like now in Canada? I mean, how much of these businesses in this country are no longer independently owned? Yeah. So the Global Mail uh, article, you know, pointed, you know, a few interesting stats. So, you know, roughly 5% of dental offices, 25% of vet clinics and roughly half of pharmacies, which is a bit more intuitive. I mean, given, you know, the size of shoppers and a few other larger chains, uh, so it, it's not an insignificant amount when you think about the broader market. So a lot of, you know, these quote unquote chains control a good chunk of each individual market. Isn't that interesting? Um, do we have, do we have stats on, on any of these? Uh, yeah, I think starting to build it out, I think a lot of it is anecdotal, right? And, and you know, when you think about market share, you know, when you look at a dental corp or, or a few others, you know, they do have a decent amount of share, right? You know, roughly three, five percent. The dentistry area, like I said, pharmacies, uh, being, you know, roughly 50 percent. So really yeah. dangerous. You know, it's interesting. Uh, till I read the piece over the weekend, I had no idea about, about that being the case with pharmacies or even that a quarter of vet clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, were consolidated in, in one form or the other. Why do they go after these particular type of small businesses, these businesses in the healthcare sector? Right. I mean, you know, it has a lot of characteristics that investors like, right? There will always be a need for these services, right? So fairly recession proof, right? People will still go to a dentist. People will still go to a vet clinic, mm-hmm. pharmacies and all of that kind of stuff. 
Customers tend to stick with one provider for a, late, for a very long period of time. You don't see folks switching pharmacies. You don't see folks switching, you know, dentists or vet clinics unless, you know, they had to literally move, right? And so it's really quite sticky. Um, you know, prices are protected, right? You know, you can go up with inflation. No one will really bat an eye. And so you're protected on that uh, front as well. And so margins are very stable and are really only projected to grow um, with the surrounding area. And, and so, you know, those are all very strong characteristics that make it, you know, a highly predictable cash flow positive business. And then on top of that, the market is also quite fragmented and localized. And so, you know, mm-hmm. it isn't like a new clinic can come on the scene and take away all your customers. It doesn't work like that. And so the only way to get real growth is by consolidating a number of clinics. And, and that's ultimately what these PE firms are doing. It's interesting because it would be the equivalent of having, let's say, a taco company, Taco X. But basically what you do is you can go into these local communities and find successful taco places that already have clientele, that already have sort of uh like the books look really good. And then you just take them over, exactly. right? And perhaps even project that they've got to maybe increase um their production. I That's just... Fascinating. Who are the big consolidating firms in Canada? The, the yeah. ones that are doing this? Yeah, I mean, you see Dental Corp, right? Quite popular. Yeah. It's uh, actually Canadian Toronto based, launched in 2011, have over 500 dental practices today. So roughly 3% of all of Canada's practices. You have Neighborly Pharmacy, similar roll up, you know, another private equity backed company that went public. They have roughly around 271. Uh, pharmacies across Canada. There's probably a few more um, that that I'm missing, but those are some of the ones that come to mind. Mm. So my understanding, I'm going to sort of say it out to you and you tell me if I've, if I've got this right, is that usually practices sell, you know, this is what happens when, when someone owns a practice, they've had it for a bit, they want to sell it, they sell it at a multiple of their, of their gross earnings. But what these firms do, according to the, to the Globe article, is they buy at a huge multiple of gross earnings, sometimes, you know, as high as eight. Um, I even saw a reference either there or somewhere else of it being even as high as 30 times gross earnings. Um, so a practice, so let's, as an example, so if you have a practice with, uh, let's say a vet clinic with gross earnings of a million, you could now be selling that for 8 million or possibly even 30 million, which is an astounding number, right? Yeah. I mean, how are these firms, these consolidating firms, when they get this practice for what I think is a a bit of a ridiculous figure. How are they making these numbers work after the acquisition? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely wild. I hope the 30 uh, times earnings is uh, an exaggeration. But, you know, in theory, at least part of this comes down to how much efficiency the hold co or, or, you know, the PE firm, whoever's making the acquisitions expects to drive, right? So that comes from cutting costs, right? Increasing prices, uh, standardizing the offering or services, stuff like that. And then the other big piece is leverage, right? Which has been obviously, you know, for the past few years, a very popular option to boost returns, regardless of, you know, the area that you're investing in. And so 
you know, the more leverage you can get, the less equity you're ultimately putting in to buy mm-hmm. the business. And it really magnifies the returns and allows you to pay more. Now, obviously, the flip side is also true where it can really magnify your losses if things go the wrong way mm-hmm. and uh, ultimately wipe you out. No, you're not in healthcare. I'm not in healthcare either. I, I just find this super fascinating. Uh, what have you read about the the impact that this has on uh, consumers, on, on, on clients of these different businesses? Do they even know this is happening? Yeah, I mean, there isn't a lot of, you know, literature or articles or studies around this, but, you know, it's possible that they know, but pretty unlikely, right? Most of the time, you're not changing the brand itself or the name. The key when you're making these acquisitions is to actually change as little as possible, at least on the surface, so that you don't really mess with what the previous owner has built, right? From a goodwill perspective, at least. Mm, But I would imagine that that there must be some kind of an impact on the people working at these places. Totally, totally, right? I think if you look at younger, you know, let's call it medical professionals looking to build their own practice, you're essentially forced to try and build from scratch, which as we know, is incredibly hard because you need to build your own client base. And given the prices being paid, it's also very difficult for these younger folks to take over a clinic or buy someone out because they can just get a lot more from one of these larger companies. And so Mm. most people entering these fields are now being forced to be an employee versus an owner, which, you know, the economics may not make sense, or if it does make sense, probably isn't as great as, you know, it once was, which, you know, kind of negates the whole pursuit for some folks at least. You know, I wonder if part of it is too that, that if you, if you are a young associate and you work at these places or, and, or, or any kind of a person working at these places, I wonder if there's also an increase expected in productivity. Um, which, you know, which is, which I, I sometimes wonder if when you look at healthcare as a whole, and I know that productivity is important across different realms. But I think when you, I'm just not convinced that that's, that, that you can, that it's easy to apply uh, a productivity lens to healthcare. Um, Just because it's very complex. It's everyone, you know, no one case is like the other. A lot of the stuff isn't repeatable. Um, Everyone comes in different shapes, sizes, attitudes, mental health. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. So it's, sure. it's just, it's, I, I wonder if the other thing that you face as a young, uh, a young person, a young professional looking to buy a practice is not only do you have to now compete with these places. So you can't buy a practice. You have to go work for someone else, but perhaps even the working environment is a, is a lot more difficult because you're expected to produce at a higher rate than perhaps someone who graduated 30 years ago, you know? Sure. Sure. I mean, there's probably a tendency to sacrifice quality of care just to meet, if not, you know, continuously exceed these metrics, which obviously isn't optimal, especially in, you know, an area like healthcare. Mm. Now, this has been a trend in other countries for years, I hear. Do we have a sense of what could happen long term when you have such cons- consolidating sort of firms and practices, especially as, as debt gets more expensive? 
Yeah, I mean, in an adverse scenario, it obviously could be quite disastrous, right? I think, you know, Psychor is a great example, um, you know, in the 1990s where they, you know, grew extremely quickly, you know, to more than 2,500 doctors or clinics, you know, across 21 states in a matter of few years. And they ultimately faced challenges in being able to, A, incentivize the original doctors to stick around, you know, making it challenging for, you know, doctors who were ultimately selling to this company, leaving after a couple of years and then really struggling to keep the younger doctors or the newer doctors rather, um, you know, incentivized to continue to maintain this network. And so as that was happening while debt was getting more expensive, ultimately, you know, they had to shut down and, you know, wind down or in, you know, just as quickly as they grew. Right. And so in a matter of 10 years, they grew to this enormous size and then they had to shut down fairly quickly as well because they couldn't service the debt. Um, you know, revenue was shrinking. They couldn't keep people and, you know, ultimately ended up becoming this vicious cycle where, uh, you know, they shut down as an organization. So again, more on the extreme scenario, but you know, if you think about even a lesser extreme scenario, you're looking at a drastic drop and quality of care. And ultimately, you know, the losers of that would be people who work at these places, as well as the consumers themselves who, you know, may or may not feel forced to stick with the clinic just because they've been with their, with the clinic for so long. And I would have to say, you would have to be a logistical wizard to, to try to find a commonalities because think about it. These are, let's even look at Let's say you're, you're a place, a consolidating firm that has a hundred practices, right? You're yeah. talking about everything from different paint colors to different places where you advertise to, you know what I mean? Because they're yep. each still functioning as their own business. They're not being advertised as, as, you know, um, vet corp X. I, I just think I cannot imagine. I mean, part of the thing about franchises is the paint color is all the same you know the door works the same way the bolt that is probably used on the shelf is the same across like a thousand of these franchises so i just i think that there i cannot even imagine what it would be to to bring someone on ramp them on and try to make them part of a bigger system i mean when you talked about this i think you called it um fizcor i think the u.s company yeah um, and you said something like over two thousand Doctors? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. and 21 states. So think about regulations. Like, oh my goodness. I, I, it's an interesting, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to watch this with interest. I think it's an interesting, um, trend. Um, and we'll see where the, the, you know, the chips fall in about five years or so, but, but it is kind of an interesting thing. And I would imagine that there's some people, post the pandemic who probably want to retire faster than they wanted to before. So we'll see how this all works out, but Hey, great topic. Um, are we on again next week? Yep. Absolutely. All right. Chat soon. Okay. Thank you. So then take care. Bye. Bye.